You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. How is it that Peter, Peter who is a fisherman, little education, is able to see who, who Christ truly is? Uh, and yet the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the religious leaders of the time could not see, could not see who Jesus really was. And when Jesus asked the question, even his disciples repeat back, they say that, that he thinks, they think he's one of the prophets, John the Baptist, the latest prophet, but Elijah or, or Jeremiah are one of the prophets. What, what is it with the way that Peter saw that he was able to see straight through to the truth? I, I think one of the challenges is um, we all have a bias in how we see things. We we tend to see the way um, what we want to see. It reminds me of a, an old scholastic axiom that I recently reread, and it goes like this: uh, uh, Whatever is received is received according to the manner of the receiver. Okay, let me say that again: Whatever is received is received according to the manner of the receiver. In other words, we see well what we want to see. Or we see what we expect to see. Um, it's a rather fascinating phenomenon. We can see that it not only exists today, but existed all the way back to Jesus' time, and I suspect even further. The, the brain is wired a certain way with certain biases. Um, I recently listened to a podcast uh, reflecting on a book uh, by uh, Brian McLaren uh, about um, learning how to see like see more clearly, if you would. But that the title of the book is Learning How to See. And then he, he goes through um, 13 different biases that we have in, in not seeing clearly, if you would, that we're biased against to see what is actually in front of us. Um, each of them, are, each of them are, are, uh, started numerically with the, the letter C, so he can easily remember I just want to get, uh, share with you five of them and then reflect on just two of them. The first one is probably the most obvious, which we all already know in one shape or, or another. It's called confirmation bias, right? So confirmation bias goes like, is the brain is wired to receive information that confirms what it already thinks and to not accept information that contradicts or refutes what it already thinks. That the brain is wired that way, that we, we kind of, well, we see what we want to see, and when we get confirmation of it, it keeps on reforming, right? And I think we've all had experiences of the confirmation bias in our lives. But here's a couple more that are rather interesting. One that it calls complexity bias, that, uh, and, it, and it goes like this, is the brain would rather a simple lie than a complex truth. Right? A simple lie rather than a complex truth. Now, here's what you have to understand about the brain. The brain is wired in such a way, and we can't help this, is to increase efficiency. Right? So anything that it will make jumps to assumptions and uh, make shortcuts so that it, it is, becomes more efficient. Because why? It's about survival. Right? So taking an input to make a survival. Okay? The third one's even interesting. is called a community bias or a, a, a social confirmation bias, if you would. And it goes like this, is that the brain finds it hard to see 
what the group does not want you to see or refuses to see what the group wants us to see. And I think we see this is that, again, when we're listening to something on television, we see wherever, again, it's a social confirmation bias, right? We don't want to see what our group doesn't want us to see, and we don't want to see the way other people see. So, and again, you see that not only on the national landscape, we see that not only politically, but we see it religiously and socially that groups see certain way. Well, if you would, tribe over truth, if you would, right? But the last two which I want to reflect on, which I find really fascinating, is called a complementary bias. In other words, the brain, the brain will, is wired in such a way that if I like you and you like me, I'm going to listen to you more and be more open to what you have to say. If I like you and you like me, then I'm going to listen to what you have to say. Now, the alternate also, if you don't like me and I don't like you, there's almost nothing you can do to say that I'm going to be open to what you have to say. And I think we've seen that play out too, right? The last one is, is sort of, again, obvious, called contact bias. That the brain finds it hard to see if we lack contact with a person, if we lack contact with a person, the brain finds it very hard to see the way that person sees or the way that they see. Right? Does that make sense? So, so here, that last one is the one I want to start with in reflection. Because that's the one that Peter had in the positive. He had contact, close contact, with Jesus Christ. And because he had so much contact with him, he could see Jesus for who he really was. Right? I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of a statement of obvious, but, but because he, want, he desired to see Jesus, and, and again, no matter how, this is an intelligence thing. It's the way your brain gets wired. That's why, so I've said to you, if we want to be uh, Christians, we want to follow Jesus, then we've got to have close contact with Jesus. We've got to be men and women, and boys and girls, of prayer, where we learn to to see Jesus. We learn to listen to Jesus in our own lives. And I don't mean just on a cursory level, but on a deeper level, that we've got to be men of women of prayer who, who carve out time as a priority of our day, learning to, to not only see Jesus, but to see the way Jesus wants us to see. And we're not going to do that without close contact. And, and that's why we come to the table, right? That's one part of it. But it's not enough to come here because that's not enough for the whole week. We've got to do this prayer each and every day over and over again. And you've heard me talk about that. But this other part of our, um, of our role as Christians is to testify to what we see by our way of life. It's not just enough. We come here to receive the body of Christ, but we come to become the body of Christ. We don't just come to see Jesus, we come to become Jesus in our world. And so we want others to see us and to see Christ in us, right? Now that comes the next bias, it is a complementary bias. If we want people to see Jesus in us, then we're going to have to find a way for us to like us. I mean, I don't need to be our best friend, but at the very least, we need not to repulse them, 
I mean, at the very least, we not shun them away, that we got to find at least some way to attract us the way we uh, uh, can be a credible witness to the gospel. Otherwise, what we do here becomes just us for ourselves, and that's not what the gospel is about. So I want to give an example of this. Um, so during the summer, I've been reading this other book, and you've been seeing me talk about it in the, in the e-bulletin, is this book called Tiny Habits. And, and in it, I was reading it, and it was talking about how to form little habits, and what is it you want to uh, convert and, and make into better. And I was thinking of this one thing that really bothers me, and I wanted to change it. So I, I looked at it. Most of you know I go hiking here locally, right? And, and I go up here at uh, Stevens Creek, County Park. Now, it's, it's not a, a, a particularly well-populated park. So when I go hiking in the weekend, when I go for a two-hour two hike, I might bump into maybe 15, 20 people. But during the weekday, when I do that shorter hour hike, I'll maybe bump into five. And I always make a point of saying hello to people on the trail. And, and it really bugs me when people don't say hello back. I don't know about you, but like, so I'm thinking to myself, so like I'll be walking, I'll say, good morning, how are you? Silence. And I get, sometimes I get so irritated, I'll say, good morning, how are you? I'm fine, Brendan, how are you? <laughs> I, I know, it's, it's a bit childish. So I figured, I said, you know, when I was listening to this book during the summer, I was on a trail in Utah, and everyone, I don't know what they do if they take happy pills over there, but they're all smiling and happy, and they smile at you and greet you really, really, really well. I noticed, because I was trying to change this, I said, they were smiling before I got anywhere close to them. Big, bright smile. Smiling at me. And then they would say, good morning. Of course, they'd say good morning back. And I thought to myself, I wonder, like, is it the smile that matters? I thought to myself, you know, back in San Jose, back here in Los Altos, I'm, I eat six foot five, 240 pounds, and i am got a German shepherd. I wonder if I don't come across as friendly. <laughs> I mean, I just thought for a moment, maybe it's me, not them. So I ran an experiment. I decided as soon as I sit now, because oftentimes I get distracted, I'm walking, right? Because I'm listening to a podcast, or I'm praying, I'm deep in thought, and I might say hello at the very last minute. So I decided as soon as I see them in the distance, I'd start smiling brightly. And then as soon as they got close, I'd say, good morning. And you know what? What was the return rate, do you think? 100%. It wasn't them. It was me. Now, I have to be honest with you, that was a little hard to realize. I didn't realize that I wasn't the one smiling. I wasn't the one welcoming. And so they were only mirroring back what they were getting. Now, that brings us back to us. I wonder, do we smile at one another? I wonder, do, like, we wonder, we say sometimes at church, you know, people aren't very friendly. But I wonder where it starts. Like, is it them that's not friendly? Or is it us that's not friendly? Like, do, do we smile at people when we come in? Do we smile at them and wave at them and, and say hello? Or, or do we wait for everybody else to do the other thing and then we, we often complain? I wonder if it's us. So, so here's my challenge to us, is that if we're going to take the gospel seriously and get to know Christ, which I'm going to assume you're going to be people of prayer, you're going to work this out, but we've got to be evangelists. Right? We've got we to proclaim the gospel by the way we are. Can we learn to smile in another? So now here, we're going to practice it. 
I know, I know you're thinking, oh gosh, I have to smile now? Okay, so I want you to try it. It has to be an authentic smile now. So you want to look to the neighbor, smile, and say, good morning. Come on, let's try it. See, that wasn't so hard. Give yourself a round of applause for smiling. That wasn't so hard. Right? So here's the thing. Is it seems so simple, but oftentimes when we come into church and we come into the parking lot, we're deep in thought. There's lots of stuff going on. Some stuff is very serious, and we've had a hard day, or maybe we're struggling with illness, or maybe we got some going on with our marriage, or our children are doing stuff. And so we are deep in thought. But when we see somebody in the distance including the parking lot, maybe especially the parking lot, that we smile at each other and we greet one another. You don't have to have a full-on conversation, but it starts with a smile and a greeting. And when we certainly come into church, can we smile and greet one another? And then when we see each other at the store, then we can smile and greet one another. Because, my friends, people are watching us. And people are making decisions on whether we're credible witnesses to the gospel or not. And if we are not smiling and not greeting, then we have not allowed the joy of the gospel to touch our hearts. It has not come through. It may be in there, but it's locked in a cage somewhere. We've got to let it in through our soul and out through our lips and to a smile. And we need to see the world that way. So my challenge this week is to allow these biases to work for us not against us, to, 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 uh, to become closer to Christ, close contact with Christ in our bias, and, and get to know Him, and then become Him to others through the beginning of a smile and a greeting. A deal for this week.